It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Everybody's piling on Boeing, including Jay Inslee. And even though Washington State is decidedly blue, the results of this were decidedly red. And it's Friday afternoon. That means the donkey of shame will strut its stuff. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509. 509- Five four seven one six ten. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio six ten K O N A. It's Friday afternoon. Five four seven one six ten is the phone number. Also via email six ten K O N A dot com. The bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and we're on Twitter at bottom line six ten as well. We're going to put the phones on hold for a few minutes as we are very happy to welcome into the studio for one of for the first of what we hope will be uh, a number of visits the new mayor in the city of Pasco, Saul Martinez. Welcome to the program, sir. Glad to have you in the studio. Thank you, sir. I'm very very happy to be here. First of all, congratulations on uh, being named mayor voted as mayor by your fellow council members this past Monday night. Um, what some may not know is that you are the longest tenured member of the city council at this point in time. So you've definitely put your years in, put your time in, and uh, congratulations on being named mayor. Um, first question for you. Uh, being that you have been there since 2004, you are the only one left that has seen significant changes that have happened in the city of Pasco. Of course, the ACLU lawsuit, it goes from all at larges to districts. Um, what was that, if we could take a step back as that ruling was coming out, what did you see um, as maybe the biggest challenge facing the city council when it went to districts from the all at large composition? Yeah, well, uh, thank you again for having me on the program. Um, I will tell you, and, and just a quick correction, uh, I've been on the city council since 2010. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. My apologies. Yeah, I was on the school board before that. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, um, you know, it was a very interesting time, and I'm, I'll just be honest with you. At the time, I was really reluctant to uh, to accept the, the, the change uh, in the beginning because I feel I felt like if somebody was going to vote on my behalf, I should be able to vote for that person. And um, But I knew as well that that there was some misrepresentation in the city and i and i felt like you know i wasn't against it i just was reluctant to go that way in the beginning however um as you can see uh, we have a very diverse uh, council now and i i will tell you that it feels really satisfying to see a council that looks more like its community and to see you know we have two females and um and the rest uh, are males and we have caucasian and and latinos it's just I think there's better representation throughout uh, throughout the city, and I'm really excited about what our council is has done and what it's going to do. Is, is there is there a difference between the count the way the council works now versus the way a council worked before? Um, and what I mean by that is, do you see that there's more? representation throughout the districts that are being represented than, say, maybe when it was all at-large positions? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the person in those positions before had to live in their district. So so as far as representation, um, 
Yeah, I, I believe there's the only difference here is that it came down to your district, obviously, and um, you know, depending on the um, the population and the type of district you had, the um, way it was before when everybody got to vote, well, it kind of changed the dynamics uh, substantially, and. This way, I believe that, you know, the districts get to get represented more. And also, in the beginning, I was really concerned that everybody would just be fighting for their districts. But that's another reason why I'm so impressed with our council, because it's not just about a district. Of course, we want to serve our people in our district, and that's what we're here to do. But we also have a council that thinks about the whole city as a whole, and it's just amazing to see how we're working together to do that. We're talking with New Pasco Mayor Saul Martinez here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KOMA. Uh, Mayor, you mentioned that uh, the diversity on the council now, and that, has, and that was a change. What does it mean for you personally to be the first Hispanic mayor in the city of Pasco? You know, uh, it's very interesting, and I don't know that it's fully set in yet, um, but I will tell you that it, it's, it's, it's very humbling, and it's a privilege and an honor to serve at this capacity regardless. Um, but it means a lot to me because, and, and I think it, it fits because, you know, as a, as a citizen who's lived in this area all his life and has been devoted and, and dedicated and has raised families and, uh, coming from a big family, um, we have, we have a big part in this Columbia Basin area. And, uh, it means a lot to me that, uh, that I can represent, but I'm, I'm here to represent the community. Uh, and I'm, I do believe that it's, uh, and it is exciting that now there's a, a different population that perhaps can get uh, motivated and, uh, and is excited about seeing somebody like them uh, that is a leader in the community and, and, and able to reach this, uh, this type of position. Um, but uh, to me, it just means that, that it gives me the opportunity that I can maybe close a gap that's been there for a long time and to bring everybody together to work you know, uh, in, in unison so that we can achieve a lot more. You know, we can be an example to the whole nation here. You talked about uh, how your selection as mayor might reflect on the community and, and, and the Hispanic community as a whole of seeing someone like you in, in that position. How about you? Was there somebody when you were, you know, growing up and, and you know, raising your family in, in Pasco that you looked to that that maybe inspired you to want to, number one, stay in the community, and number two, be so involved in the community? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I couldn't tell you that. I, I couldn't have lived a better life in this community and with the people who were involved in my life. And I got to tell you, um, when I was, uh, I was born in Kennewick, Washington, actually, and then I was raised in Mesa at, up until I was about 18 years old. And I got married, and things kind of changed after that. But I got to tell you, with all the farmers in the farming community and all the people uh, in our school districts, uh, at, the, at the time it was North Franklin School District, there were some key people in my life that uh, obviously um, encouraged me and always told me that it could be done uh, and that anything could be done here as long as you had good work ethic and uh, set your mind to it. Uh, obviously, I, I have to give most of the credit to my father and mother. Oh. <laughs> For, for, uh, for my upbringing and all the things they taught me. Um, my wife and my kids, big examples in my life. And um, and you know, and, and besides the family portion of it, which is so critical in a in a young person's life, you know, there were so many people that were instrumental in helping me get here. Uh, ever since I was a kid, we had 
you know, I was in a migrant education program. Uh, there was the Cerna family, the Benavides family, the uh, Mrs. Bailly, uh, and then there was all my regular teachers, Mrs. Larson, Mr. Williams. Uh, and then it came to uh, to the people who we used to work for, Mr. Ray Bailey, Matton Bailey, uh, Doug Muse, uh, all, many, many, Bill Middleton, many farmers out in the Columbia Basin that had a big impact in my upbringing and, and believing in, in me and my family. And, uh, you know, there was, the sky was the limit. It was just up to me to to take that uh, leap of faith and uh, and go forward. We're talking with Pasco Mayor, new Pasco Mayor, Saul Martinez here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Let's take a quick break. We come back and well we're gonna we're gonna ask the new mayor a few questions about his city and maybe a direction a few things may be going uh, in the next couple of years, some things that maybe he'd like to see and of course on the heels of a of a nice legislative win for the city of Pasco. Uh, in the session in 2019. Back with more of the bottom line after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610kona. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA on this Friday afternoon. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you, and special guest in studio, newly selected earlier this week, Saul Martinez, Pasco Mayor. And Mr. Martinez has been on the city council for, for a few years, so he's not new to the council, but he is new uh, to this position. We appreciate him joining us today. All right, so first question we're going to ask you, Mr. Mayor, last legislative session, city of Pasco gets a big win. Uh, in the fact that they were given by the legislature the ability to create their own um, public facilities district in the hopes that if they decide or gives them the option, gives the city the option if they decide to go it on their own to pursue the Mm -hmm. much-discussed potential for a water park. Has anything been discussed among city council members, or has there been any discussion within um, the city structure as it is about what to do on the heels of that ruling? Or is this something that you still want to look at to get um, more buy-in from other areas, whether it be Franklin County or whether it be a a Benton-Franklin combination of city situation? You know you've got the card that you can play if you want to. But do you still want to see how much collaboration you can get, or are you guys putting a plan together to go it alone if you have to? Well, that's a good question. And first of all, I'd like to say kudos to uh, Council Member Craig Maloney and, and Mr. Watkins. You know, they put in a lot of time and a lot of, of their specific efforts into this uh, this win for Pasco. And, you know, I uh, also participated in the Regional Facilities District, and uh, which Matt Watkins was a chair of uh, for several years. And you know it was it was quite disappointing uh, when it when it uh, came to a vote in the Tri Cities, and Pasco passed and the other cities didn't pass. I was quite disappointed because I felt that we had a good a good program, a, a, something good that we could have made out of this together as the Tri Cities. Well, it, it gets to the point where we have to take care of our own, uh, and you know uh, the citizens of Pasco were pretty clear that uh, despite the fact that there's a lot of people perhaps weren't totally in favor, but the people in Pasco, um, we have a young population here, uh, many uh, small families, and we need this amenity for them uh, to, you know, for improvement in their life and their quality of life. And so 
the city of Pasco, in my opinion, um, and I, I'm speaking in my opinion at this point, is we need to move forward. And I, I you know, Craig Maloney is part of this uh, facilities district, and uh, the and the people who are involved in this committee, um, they're taking the steps forward to uh, to try to get it to a point where the voters will be satisfied with the product and we'll take it to the voters and they'll be the ultimate ones to decide if we want to to add that additional um, sales tax for for us to have this facility. We're talking with New Pasco Mayor Saul Martinez here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Next one for you. (laughs) In fact, we discussed this last day or two. A couple of cities to the north of us, one to the west of us, Spokane, Spokane Valley, Granger. Uh, in light of the latest, um, in light of the latest ruling from the courts regarding Seattle's desire to have a local income tax, they have all put a local income tax ban in place via their city councils. Yet it's been awfully quiet on the Tri Cities front. Um, I, I like to ask some questions of people in different areas, and I've asked in a couple of cities, and you know, heard kind of a disappointing response that that the votes to ban a local income tax may not be there in Kennewick. That Kennewick might actually, if it were to come up for a vote, might not ban a local income tax. Has the local income tax discussion uh, come up even informally in the city of Pasco? And if it were to come up, do you think that the city would enact a ban, or do you think the city doesn't even feel like they need to discuss it at this point in time? Well, I can tell you that uh, there has been no discussion within the council on uh, uh, a local income tax or a ban of a local income tax. So with that said, uh, it's not on our priority list. Uh, it's not something, uh, you know, income tax is a bad word. <laughs> and um, and uh, the bottom line is that I I personally don't feel that uh, that there needs to be one at this point, but I will tell you that uh, it really doesn't matter what I think. Uh, we are having uh, a retreat. We have one every two years where the council gets together and discusses uh, the goals and the visions and uh, where where the council members want to go with the city. And in that retreat, uh, we will set those those goals and uh, in which the manager will will assist us and work through um, to to do the things that I that we think are important. But at this time. Um, I, I really can't answer any of that because uh, th- there's no intention at this point to to have an income tax or or to even ban it at this point. Where there has been no discussion on that. So one of the things now in your position as mayor, you're going to be working a lot closer with the city manager and other members of the city staff. Are there some things that you would like to take on moving forward that? particular issues or uh, particular situations that you've seen in the city, uh, not just over your time on the council, but even residing in the city that you think have not been adequately addressed and maybe need to have some more attention paid to them? Well, I can tell you that um, the first thing I'm going to focus on, and we should all keep focusing on, is what are the uh, essentials of a city, and that is to provide our citizens with water, power, sewer, uh, police, police. safety in which I'm very proud of as we all know we're one of the five safest cities in the state of Washington and um, and to ensure that all these things uh, are in place and that we ensure that our new developments have the amenities and are developed in a manner to where in the future they won't have the issues we've been having um, 
and, and I'm afraid to even talk about this, but everybody knows Road 68 has been an issue in the past. And we are ensuring and working with the county because at the time it was county. And the standards weren't in place to ensure uh, that, you know, that that the standards were going to be met in the urban growth areas. And we are working with them to ensure that those things don't happen again. And those are the first and foremost important things of a city council. After that, because, you know, I've been asked, well, you know, what, what do you want to do in the city of Pasco? Well, there's so many things that we can continue to work on. We have a wonderful uh, Hanford Fire Department and a wonderful police department that have done amazing things and provided all these programs uh, for our citizens. But uh, but I also think we have uh, some some work to do in our mental health issues in our town and 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 also to just continue providing recreational areas to keep our citizens motiv- uh, exercising, motivating, improve the quality of life. And those things, again, will be determined in our retreat and uh, in which our, our city manager will work, uh, work very hard to get those things accomplished. You've seen we've got a, about a minute or so left in, in that last time. We've seen businesses coming back into Pasco. We've seen some real nice economic development in Pasco. I imagine that's one thing you want to keep moving forward as well. Yes, sir. That was one of the important things that I wanted to, to uh, encourage and, and, and promote is uh, establishing a good tax base with our businesses coming in. We got big warehouses coming in, and I got to tell you, there were some visionaries that that were in Pasco before us uh, with the wastewater treatment plant that we have up here in North Pasco. That was a gem that uh, that those those council members who brought that up did an amazing thing, and so that's going to build our tax base to keep our taxes as low as possible. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we're going to build beautiful things for this community, and they may cost money. But I'm going to tell you, um, we're doing it for our future generations, for the people who are going to run this place after us, and we're looking forward to that. New Pasco Mayor, Saul Martinez, congratulations, sir. Best of luck to you. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to having you in again. You bet. Anytime you call. Do you hear that, Ed? I, I heard it, and I, I, we're going to have it on tape, too. So play it back the, the first time he says, well, I don't know if I'm going to come back. No, I'm kidding. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Congratulations to you, sir. And uh, we look forward to continuing to follow uh, not just the growth of the city, but also what you guys are doing to help promote all the, the great things that have been going on in Pasco the last couple of years. Well, I appreciate it, and we're looking forward to, to what the future has to come. Take a quick time out. We come back. We're going to talk with State Senator Mark Schessler. I don't know if we're going to talk about his bet. Yes, they made a bet. They made a wager with uh, the Wisconsin House. The Wisconsin oh, we'll bring State it House. Up. Yeah, yeah, if we'll, he doesn't we'll want to talk that. about it, we'll bring it up. We'll, we'll, we'll mention that as well, but uh, quite a few things to discuss with uh, Senator Schessler as legislative session begins on Monday. You want to get involved, phone number 547-1610. Also via email, 610k1a.com, bottom line page, name where you're listening, and what you'd like to say, as well as Twitter, at bottom line 610. Happy Friday. Back with more of the program after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Dan hanging with you on a Friday afternoon. Hope you're having a great day. 
Going to keep things rolling as we welcome to the program from the 9th Legislative District, the Senate Minority Leader, Republican. I keep I keep getting those two confused. I'm just going to not even bother with that introduction anymore. Senator Mark Schessler on the phone with us. I, I It's a D.C. Washington thing that tweaks my brain. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's Friday. Senator Mark Chesler joining us on the line. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Appreciate it. As you, uh, we know you've got a busy weekend to get ready to get over to Olympia for Monday. Hey, it's uh, it's uh, good to be back with you. We're actually warming up here uh, in Olympia. We did the AP forum yesterday and a few media visits. And today, I wanted to check in with my friends in the Tri Cities region before session. Now, one of the things we want to ask quickly, because we know there's a there's a little bit of a to-do here on Monday at the Pasco Red Line. It happens to be one of the governor's, the final stop for the governor's Snake River uh, Dam workshops. And uh, it, did, it, did it raise your eyebrow at all that it's on the first day of the legislative session, almost ensuring the fact that none of you could be here? Um, really, it's not about me. It's about the people I represent in the region and giving them a voice uh, when we demanded another meeting. Uh, myself and Senator Newhouse were successful. It's not about Dan Newhouse and Mark. It's about those taxpayers we represent in the region. So let's talk about the uh, the legislative session then, uh, Senator Shessler. We know uh, the nuts and bolts, right? It's a 60-day legislative session. It's an, it's, it's an off-budget gathering. Um, The governor has submitted his request for a supplemental budget. There's still a lot of interesting things uh, that are on the table, even if you're not going to be tackling the big monster that is the two-year operating budget. Maybe in a nutshell, maybe uh, as a brief synopsis, let our listeners know uh, throughout the region, what are some of the things that they can expect to see when the gavel comes down starting Monday? Well, it's... uh... My uh, information I picked up today is that the majority Dems will bring a number of the less popular bills out of rules on third reading where they can't be amended. And we'll be on the floor passing bills, uh, controversial, not necessarily popular in our world, uh, on the death penalty, on sex ed for little children, uh, California standards for appliances, plastic bag bans. All controversial things, not necessarily popular in our part of the world, and by being on third reading, they're not amendable. So uh, we expect some very difficult bills, both on Wednesday and Friday mornings, uh, in play right away. I'm curious, uh, why the fast track when you have, you know, when you have control of both chambers with votes? Why, why do you suppose they're they're choosing to fast-track things right out of the gate? Uh, It may be that there's a new speaker-elect over in the House, and maybe um, Frank Chop's uh, incremental, um, pragmatic ways will be changed, and we'll see the House even more radicalized. We're talking with... Senator Mark Schessler representing the 9th Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. Senator Schessler, what was your first thought when you heard uh, as the governor was having his press conference regarding his supplemental budget, wanting to take north of $300 million out of the rainy day fund to put towards a problem that we seem to just keep throwing money at and not really making any gains on, and that's homelessness? Well, that's just exactly it. We've thrown 
hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars at housing and homelessness, and we really haven't moved the dial much. So Jansley's solution, throw money at it. But the worst part about this is the rainy day fund is one-time money. There's an ongoing bow wave of spending that comes with this, which puts us in a hole in the next biennium, the biennium after that, without any change in the way we do business. And I think when you look, I read in Shift, Washington this morning, Seattle and King County are planning to spend $130 million. That's on top of the federal safety net. That's on top of our nonprofits. Uh, what we really have is a poverty industrial complex that nobody's really asking hard questions about. Now, Senator Shessler, one of the things, too, with this issue, I think, is needs to be brought up and discussed is all of this money that you've referred to, the, the $300 million plus that the governor wants to take out of the rainy day fund, is, is this doing more to increase the homelessness problem by throwing all this money at it and almost making it attractive to come to the Northwest, particularly the west side of the state, to benefit from all this money that's being thrown around? Is this counterproductive to the problem? Well, it certainly isn't helping to subsidize it. Uh, if you look at areas that have had some success, um, a good example is Marysville, over 100,000 people. They enforce every single misdemeanor to the maximum. And if people agree to go into treatment for alcohol, substance abuse, mental health, uh, they suspend the sentence. They give them uh, time. Uh, they've done pretty well at it. In Spokane this year, the mayor's race between Nadine Woodward and Ben Stuckert was throw money at it or uh, tough love, as we've called it in the past, or compassionate conservatism. Uh, Nadine Woodward is the mayor of Spokane now. She follows that philosophy. Seattle and King County, simply more money. If you look in the past biennium, the cities or counties were actually empowered to retain a portion of sales tax to leverage for housing. Many counties are taking it. Housing trust fund was increased yet again, and yet nothing has changed. So if you keep throwing money at it and it doesn't work, why are you still doing it the same old way? We're talking with Senator Mark Chesler from the 9th Legislative District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, Senator Chesler, one of the things interesting, too, and I don't know if this is something that the legislature is going to have to deal with or not, but uh, it's, not been a, it's not been a good couple of weeks for Boeing. And uh, now it seems like the governor is piling on as well to where he is threatened to remove that ever-valuable um, B&O tax break that Boeing has if they decide to build their new plane outside of Washington State. This is the same tax break that he line-item vetoed that others in the business community would be able to take advantage of. And this is also the same tax that he not only signed but extended that he went on national television and said was extortion. Do you think that this is something that you're going to wind up having to deal with during the legislative session? And do you think that the governor, by using this threat now, is simply trying to get more political clout going into an election? Well, um, Jay Inslee also told us in 2012 he wasn't going to raise taxes. So we have to be a little bit uh, sarcastic about it. So 
with that said, I really don't think the legislature is in the mood to punish Boeing while they're down. Uh, if you look, the Boeing company has had no layoffs. They've reassigned people. I think it's rather amazing that they have gone for all this time with the triple seven or the seven thirty-seven Max, and not one worker has been laid off. Now, that is a company that I think really cares about their workers because it would have been really easy to furlough those workers and. Uh, cut their losses, but they've taken care of their employees. Uh, Raising their taxes is not an incentive to take good care of your employees. We're talking with State Senator Mark Chesler here, Bottom Line News Radio 610 K1A. We know there's a number of bills you're going to be looking at. You mentioned a few of them that certainly aren't going to be popular out here. What are some of the things that you believe that the legislature may be able to accomplish this year that may put a smile on people's faces on this side of the mountain? Well, I'm going to, I've dropped one now to, uh, eliminate to discover pass and day use fees for our state parks. Uh, I thought long and hard, what can we do for that average hardworking taxpayer? Uh, property tax relief starts with a price tag of about a billion dollars. Uh, sin taxes would be nice to lower, but not everybody uses alcohol, tobacco, or uh, cannabis. We've talked about uh, feminine hygiene products and diapers and everything else, but People of all ages, from little kids in strollers to my father in his walker, can all use our state parks. And we've actually seen a decrease in attendance at our state parks since we added a fee. So with $850 million in new revenue, isn't there something we can do for the taxpayer? And getting rid of that fee on our parks, I think, is something that really gives the average taxpayer something back for all the taxes they pay. Now, Senator Shessler, of course, we've also been watching the movement of the city of Seattle's case through the court system, the uh, interesting ruling that came recently that didn't seem to make a lot of sense in collating property taxes, income, and intangibles. Um, Is this something that there could be discussion in the Republican caucus about, once again, trying to get in front of, even though we know that the majority of Washingtonians don't support an income tax? Is there a thought that there may have to be something done to reinforce that? Well, I think um, there's going to be a test case, test challenge again sooner or later. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be here this year because we're all waiting on the Supreme Court. So with an election year, an out-and-out income tax, no capital gains maybe. Last question for you, talking with Senator Mark Schessler from the 9th Legislative District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KUNA. There's been some complaining um, regarding the governor's supplemental budget and even the budget that was passed in 2019 that there seems to be a little bit of a pullback on K-12 through education, that some discussion could come that maybe some special education situations may be addressed. But with all the money that's been put into public education over the last few years by the legislature, is it time to sit back and look and see what that money's going to do before adding more to it? Or... Uh, you know, is there still a need to continue to increase the funding for K-12? through Well, I think we have to do both. I think we have to step back and look at what we're getting for 52% of the budget. But we also have to acknowledge there's probably some tweaks to things like special ed that we knew we probably didn't get just right. So uh, a few tweaks and step back and see what we're getting with 52% of our budget. 
Senator Mark Schessler, we always appreciate your time, sir. Wish you the best of luck in the session beginning on Monday. And uh, look forward to talking to you again during this year's short session. Okay, thank you, and my best to your listeners and sponsors. Thank you very much. Senator Mark Schessler, always a pleasure to talk to him. Representing the 9th Legislative District for a very long time. Continues to do so with a, with a passion. Well, and I bet he's glad that he's already in Olympia with all the snow that's on the <laughs> on the passes uh, this weekend, and he's already there. So we appreciate him uh, joining us uh, pre-legislative session. We'll take a timeout. This is the bottom line five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the conversation. up with the bottom line on twitter at bottom line 610 now back to the show presented by summit funding in kennewick and prosser back at the bottom line news radio 610 kona it's friday afternoon jason hogue with american family insurance waiting for your call yeah even at 352 on a friday afternoon he's waiting for your call because Jason and American Family Insurance can provide you incredible coverage when it comes to your home, your auto, life, farm, small business. Find out what's in the American Family Insurance toolbox for small businesses. Ask about the safe driver programs. If you own a farm, ask them what they can do to help you as they've been in that business over 90 years. In fact, that's how they got started was insuring the family farm. American Family Insurance, Road 68 in Pasco. Jason Hogue, the only American certified star agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. You can visit his website, jasonhogue.com, 547-1610 if you want to get involved in the conversation. We know uh, coming up, Ed, on Monday, it is the the damn workshop at the Red Lion. <laughs> D-A-M and D-A-M-N, yes, I guess, to some people, too. It's the workshop. The rallies <laughs> start at 3 o'clock. Um and it is it is your way, it is your opportunity to let people from the other side of the state who want to, and, and look, I, I don't see anything objective about this entire panel. I don't see anything objective about their stated goal and desire. They want to tear these dams out. So it's your way to turn around and let them know how you feel about the desire to tear the dams out of the Snake River and the implications that will follow, and they will be significant if that happens. And, yes, there are a lot of people that don't think it can, but they've already been able to influence one federal judge in Portland. So if you've already been able to influence one federal judge in Portland, it only takes a few more legislators in the House where they have the majority right now to influence them to have a vote in Congress to remove them. Now, the Senate, right now, probably not leaning in that direction. But if that were to go another way, well, guess what? Now you're looking at Congress turning around and saying, well, you know, maybe those people on the west side of Washington are right about those dams. It's important to let these people see and hear you, and maybe, just maybe, you might get through to a couple of them. And here's the here's the th- key thing to remember, and this is what stuck in a lot of people's craw when this was first announced. There will be no public comment taken at the meeting. You mentioned the rally. It's called a workshop. It's a workshop. It is open to the public. Yes. But if you want your voice heard, literally and figuratively, 
that's where the rally comes in. Yep. Prior to the meeting, um, if if that is your desire, uh, it, but you are the public is is welcome and encouraged to go and attend, sit and listen, but just know if you know <laughs> things start going sideways because people are disrupting the meeting, they'll have people removed. Uh, it, this this is not a public forum, right? In the sense that public testimony is going to be taken. You, if you want to, if you want your voice to be heard, literally and figuratively, go to the rally. If you want to go and sit and listen to the study, there will be people who have been cleared to to testify. Uh, groups, organizations, um, who some may be in line with your thinking and some may not, but they are there to testify before this panel, uh, but no random public testimony will be heard. Just like at the other locations, this isn't different. Uh, you know, Clarkston, there wasn't anything like that. Um, so it is what it is. They get to come and tell you what they want to do. Well, I don't... Uh, they're, they're, the, the panel itself, it's my understanding, they're not going to do a whole lot of talking. They may ask some questions. The, the report is already out. Right. The report is already out. So the people that put the report together will talk. Uh, the interested parties, all of them, will, will talk. And that, you know, that includes the tribes, that includes the environmentalists, that includes the PUDs and, and Bonneville and all that other stuff and ag community um, and different interested entities, just not individuals. You're there to listen to what everybody has to say. Right. Uh, now, you can put your comments online and they have something set up that for that, but don't expect, and I'm just telling you so that we don't have any problems. Don't expect to go to this meeting Friday evening. Monday evening. I'm sorry, mon- today is Friday evening. Monday evening and expect to testify in front of this panel if you haven't already been cleared to do so. But you can do whatever you want within legal reasoning outside during the rally prior to the meeting. But just know that that's the setup. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is on the way. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. If you'd like to take part, 547-1610 is the number. Email us by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or comment.